Welcome to IT Conversations, a series of interviews with experts in today's hot topics in information technology. I'm your host, Doug Kay, and today I'm thrilled to bring you this special interview by guest producer Scott Mace, recorded live at Java One 2004. Welcome to another edition of IT Conversations. I'm Scott Mace. My guest today is Mike Malinkovich, Executive Director of the Eclipse Foundation, and we're talking during Java One in San Francisco. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Tell me a little bit about the origin of the Eclipse project for some of our listeners who don't aren't familiar with Eclipse. Um, Eclipse, as an open source project, was started about three years ago um, by IBM. So this was a project where they had uh, been building some technology to act as the foundation for the successor uh, for their Visual Edge uh, family of uh, tool products. Uh, I <clears throat> wasn't around at the time, but at some point they made a decision to open source the uh, the technology, and that was the uh, the beginnings of Eclipse. Where did the name come from? I honestly have no idea. Okay, it has nothing to do with Sun Microsystems. If it does, I wouldn't know. Okay. Um, tell me what Eclipse does. What's the basic outlines of the of the project or of the community, if you will? Um, yeah, good point. It is a community. There's often a, a misperception that uh, Eclipse is our Java IDE, but that's actually one of over 20 projects which are happening um, under the Eclipse, uh, the banner of the Eclipse community. So um, there's a long, a wide range of pro- different technologies that are being developed under Eclipse. Obviously, our Java uh, technologies are well known, our, ja- uh, our Java IDE. Um, with our new 3.0 release, we're shipping our rich client platform, which is going to be a lot of interest for application developers. Um, we just shipped a new version of our C, C++ development tools, our CDT project, which provides tooling for C and C++ developers. Um, again, we just shipped a new version of Hiades which is our application uh, uh, application verification and optimization frameworks for doing um, testing, uh, tracing, and uh, post-deployment monitoring and logging. Um, we have the Eclipse uh, modeling framework. We have graphical frameworks, visual editors. Um, Aspect J is hosted at Eclipse. I mean, there's an, just a very, very long list of projects. We'll come back to Aspects later. So the target languages involved here are... are- which languages? Uh, you mentioned C, C++, Java, of course. Um, <clears throat> it's important to make the distinction between um, what we implement in, which is Java. So we implement all, all our projects in Java. Um, in terms of which languages we support, um, the basic technology is entirely language neutral. So people can develop with Eclipse um, plugins and IDE, basic IDEs for many different languages. Um, C and C++ is one. Java is one. Uh, there is a COBOL project, which is started under Eclipse. And there, if you look into uh, our community, there's plugins for lots and lots of different language support, uh, PHP, Perl, uh, Python, uh, Groovy, among scripting languages, and so on and so on. Eclipse represents, of course, the community. We've been talking about that. Tell me uh, who belongs to the community, a little bit about uh, what constitutes that. Um, we have a membership, and there's a couple of different tiers of membership. Uh, within our membership, um, some of the names that uh, your listeners might recognize are uh, Hewlett-Packard, Intel, SAP, uh, IBM, of course. Um, there's others, um, QNX, uh, Monte Vista, 
uh, Wind River in the embedded space, um, an enormous number of uh, tool vendors, including uh, Borland, for example. Um, as I said, there's over 40. So it's uh, quite a cross-section of the IT industry. What accounts for this great interest in Eclipse? What is it that's really driving it? It's really good technology. Developers like to use it. And um, it's really about the community in terms of, uh, is there any one dominant contributor to the technology, or is it, at this point, uh, a very uh, diverse set of contributors? At this point in time, the single largest contributor is is IBM. Um, you have to remember, if you go back in time a little bit, uh, Rational had made a huge investment in Eclipse prior to their acquisition um, by IBM. Um, so if you add those two, uh, those two groups together, now that they're all part of the IBM team, um, they're definitely the single largest contributor. Um, that said, we have a lot of uh, the different projects. For example, our C, C++ development tools is actually led by QNX. Uh, Hiades is uh, led by uh, Mike Norman from Scapa Software over in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, so it is a, it's a, it, although it's true to say that IBM is the single largest contributor at this point, it is, uh, it does represent a, a large, uh, a large cross section of the IT industry in terms of who's contributing. And, um, is this aimed towards raising the bar as far as what web clients can do? I've often heard Eclipse mentioned almost in the same breath with the notion of the rich client. Um, that's one of many areas. I mean, Eclipse started as, uh, a open platform for tools integration, and the original, the original uh, impetus behind it was to make sure that there was a, a basic platform uh, that supported all the different bits and pieces that you needed to build uh, tools, plugins, and have them interoperate seamlessly with the, the, with the work of others. Um, and it's that really that's that tool integration um, that is the common theme through what's going on in Eclipse. But in terms of the kinds of applications you can build with Eclipse, um, the list is you know quite honestly, very, very long. It's quite almost limitless. What about uh, extending out from the community into the business uh, that Eclipse drives? Is this part of a new business model or sort of a new ecosystem? Talk about the sort of the business side of Eclipse. Sure. I mean, people often uh, focus on open source as a place where people can innovate for, uh, with technology. But if you take a look at what's going on in the, in the broader open source community, there's actually a lot of innovation going on in terms of business models as well. And I think that Eclipse has got some unique aspects to it uh, in terms of its business model. It is entirely membership-driven, membership-funded. Um, but it, unlike uh, most of the other open source projects that I'm aware of, it um, very consciously and explicitly is trying to sponsor and create a commercial ecosystem around the open source project. And it's this um, direct sponsorship and, um, and support from the Eclipse Foundation and the community uh, of this ecosystem is, is something that's a little bit different. Can you give me an example or two? Um, sure. Um, we have lots of uh, people who are building uh, plugins on top of Eclipse, um, and these can range from uh, smaller companies. Uh, one good example is Instantiations, uh, which, uh, by the way, has uh, just been recently... Uh, supported by BEA to start the uh, Eclipse Pollinate project. Um, but Instantiation builds a number of additional plugins and tools which fit on top of Eclipse and uh, add additional value for developers, addition, additional productivity tools that, uh, that um, uh, developers like. Um, and uh, and that, then there's a lot, you know, you can go on and on. Uh, Serena um, builds uh, plugins so its uh, configuration management software is e uh, easily and content management software is easily available from the Eclipse platform. Um, and Borland has a couple of great Eclipse uh, plugins as well. 
the Apache Foundation's been very successful in on the server side. Do you sort of have Apache as kind of a model for how the Eclipse Foundation does things, or is it completely a different model? Uh, no, actually, in terms of the management and the governance of our open source project, uh, we uh, definitely use Apache as a model. Um, you know, the key principles uh, of open source of meritocracy, transparency, and openness are something that we fully embrace. And I think, uh, you know, Apache, among others, among many others, um, is a good example of, of those principles. And uh, um, But in terms of, uh, you know, starting projects, new projects and new ideas as incubators and bringing them up through to top-level projects, um, the govern- some of the aspects of the government governance model um, and things like that are things that uh, were, yeah, clearly inspired by Apache. What about the relationship with Sun? Now, obviously, they've driven the Java community process. They continue to point out that they're not the sole stewards of that process, but certainly there's uh, here at Java One lots of talk about the fact that um, you know that's going on, and then all this Eclipse stuff is going on. Can you comment on that? Oh yeah, sure. Um, Java uh, the, Sun is the uh, steward of the Java Java community. That's that's very clear. They have the JCP. Um, the Eclipse Foundation is a steward of the Eclipse community. Um, I think that in most uh, in most areas, uh, we have very complementary interests and are very supportive of one another. I mean, there's a few areas where um, we uh, we have uh, you know differing views, but um, you know I've had since uh, starting the job, which is fairly recent, I've had a couple of con- uh, conversations with uh, with people at Sun. Um, they've been uh, you know very constructive and. Uh, and I think that uh, there's a uh, real opportunity for Sun and Eclipse to uh, work together more closely in the future. Do you see things like SWT and Swing eventually being more closely aligned, or do you think they're just fulfilling different needs? And, you know, what's Eclipse's take on that? Um, I've never had any conversation with anybody trying to, anybody try about trying to merge any technology in that area. Um, I think that uh, what people need to understand is that they were driven by very differing requirements. Uh, when Sun was putting together uh, Swing, they were very much motivated on having a completely um, platform-independent and uh, platform-portable um, user interface in a, in, a, you know, in a very specific way. Um, our requirements, since we are a multi-language IDE and a multi-language tool set, um, our motivation for developing the standard widget toolkit was to make sure that um, for developers on platforms that had you know absolutely nothing to do with Java, uh, a, C, a C developer working on an embedded device, as one example, um, for people like that, frankly, um, they don't they don't care that the uh, IDE or the toolset was written in Java. They want to have tools which meet their requirements in terms of look and feel and what the plot and, and how the platform that they are used to and have selected um, operates. And that's the kind of uh, requirement that really drove SWT. What about the argument that you hear promoted by Microsoft and others that any kind of uh, cross-platform widget tool set that's going to try to use native OS is, is necessarily going to be a least common denominator? And obviously they're out there hawking a longhorn and some of the latest and greatest UI that they're doing. That does present a challenge for what Eclipse is trying to achieve, doesn't it? Um, I certainly don't see the kinds of things that people are building with Eclipse, and uh, in, in, in specifically in the, rich, in the area of rich client platforms, as being, um, you know, anything like least common denominator. I think you have to, uh, you know, check your source on that one. Okay. Um, what about the uh, return on investment? Uh, what are some of the early 
um, findings of Eclipse community members as far as the amount of time or money Eclipse has been saving them. Does anybody have any data on that? Um, I'm not aware of any hard data. Um, you know, some of the uh, numbers that I've heard, I think, sort of speak for themselves. Um, uh, for example, uh, I just ran into a gentleman from SAP this afternoon um, who was telling me that uh, the uh, SAP, when in their NetWeaver Studio uh, family, are up to in excess of 250 plugins, uh, which they've built on top of Eclipse. And I think that that, you know, really speaks for them for itself. When you have a company like SAP, which is putting that much of an investment into Eclipse and in embracing the tele- technology to that degree, um, I can only assume that they're seeing a strong ROI. I saw an item in the uh, press or the blogosphere this week about some demonstration of Eclipse running without a virtual machine, uh, some performance uh, considerations that were being uh, uh, tested around. Somebody was trying to figure out what's going on there. Is that just an interesting experiment, or is there a customer demand for uh, let's get rid of the VM and, and run really fast? Um, I think what you're referring to is an article that I read a little while ago um, where some engineers at Red Hat um, com- uh, have a um, Java compiler, which will compile to native code, and did an experiment to compile to see if they can compile the entire Eclipse um, platform um, and run it on Linux as a native application. And uh, they were successful. They were actually, as I remember the article, they were quite pleased and surprised how little effort it really required. Uh, and they did have some uh, measurable performance gains. Um, but in terms of the objective and why they did that, you really need to talk to Red Hat. And it's certainly not um, what we consider the, the mainstream thrust of Eclipse. Okay. Um, back to aspects and aspect-oriented programming, another hot topic here at Java 1. Uh, where do you see that going? You might also want to explain to some people listening why aspect-oriented programming suddenly is becoming important. Um, aspect-oriented programming is, is becoming important for um, the reason why a lot of new initiatives in the computing intra- industry are become important. It's because somebody comes up with an idea and can demonstrate that it makes developers more productive. Um, that's, you know, so that's the main reason why as- aspects are, are, um, are, are of interest. Um, I think that you and, I, and I've spent a little time looking at some of the aspect stuff, um, and I think that there are definitely some productivity boosts that you can get with aspect programming, um, which are very exciting. Um, I think that, like many new technologies, um, you know, there is a element of, uh, and, and not necessarily from the people that are building the technology, but perhaps uh, other people. Um, there's a little element of hype in terms of, you know, it, it is not a panacea. I can easily see that aspect programming. Um, ha- offers some uh, benefits, and uh, in particular problem areas, you know, some quite obvious benefits. I still, th- I think that there's some uh, um, things that they need to work on in terms of once you, if you had a system that had, you know, let's say in excess of ten aspects uh, in it at one time, and you tried to debug, uh, uh, debug a, a something um, once you had built that. Um, I think uh, with the debuggers the way they are now, and and so on, you would be in for a bit of a challenge. Um, so. You know, it's not a panacea, but I do believe that there is a, it is a good idea, and I believe that there's um, you know certainly some very interesting work going on in that area. Do you think we'll see it uh, emerge first in Java or in Eclipse, or maybe both places at the same time? It is an Eclipse aspect. Aspect J is an Eclipse project. Okay, why don't you explain what Aspect J is? Um, aspect J is one of the uh, one of the original aspect programming projects. It was originally started at uh, Xerox Park. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many years ago. Um, 
within the last 12 or 18 months, uh, um, it was brought into Eclipse as a as a, an open source project within inside Eclipse. And uh, so there's the uh, the researchers that are working on it include some of the original team from uh, uh, Park and uh, some a number of people from IBM Research as well. And so Aspect J, does the J signify anything? Does it mean it's specific for Java, or is it? Yeah, you can you can think of it as a as a as a Java. Um, um, not quite sure what the it's it's it, it's basically a precompiler for Java in some senses. Um, so yeah, it does. Uh, most of the work that I know of uh, go, going on in the area of Aspect programming is really um, yeah, it is definitely related to Java. How gated is your progress on the community? It's obviously a community process. Um, at the BOF I attended last night here at uh, Java One, there was interest in getting a wish list for new enhancements to Eclipse, but at the same breath it was, who's going to help us build these things? That's an interesting kind of development process. Um, yeah, it is. But we are definitely a community, a growing community. Um, I think if you're at the BOF last night, you all, you might have also heard some very interesting numbers in terms of how many features and and uh, and bugs were fixed uh, in in the Eclipse 3.0 release. You know, in excess of 10,000 uh, new features or or bugs that were addressed. Um, which, by the measure of any software project, is an enormous number. So the development team um, is very responsive. But um, when you're, um, you know. It is a community, um, and I think that a lot of the people that are using Eclipse day in, day out uh, should be asking themselves, you know, what is it that I can do to help, um, as opposed to uh, just taking it and using it, and uh, which is fine too, but we're always uh, interested in recruiting people who are willing to help out in any way they can. Does the foundation take any side on the issue of whether Java itself should be open source? Um, we are an open source project, so obviously our instincts are towards uh, towards uh, open source. Um, I think that, uh, but that said, I think that Sun has uh, some you know interesting issues that they have to grapple with. So I wouldn't you know really want to come down firmly on on one side or the other at this point. Thanks for talking to us today, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. And thanks to all of you for listening to IT Conversations. This edition was produced by Scott Mace and recorded live at Java One 2004. My name is Doug Kay, and I hope you'll join me next time for another edition of IT Conversations. Music.